by Kinsler. Quinn heads on. Oh, surely this time for Keane. And Ireland do it. Robbie Keane. Hello and welcome back to the Total Football Podcast World Cup 2018 coverage. It's day two, the first the first proper day of the World Cup because obviously yesterday opening ceremony, just one game. Felt it was a bit annoying when the rush match ended. I was like, oh yeah, there's just no more football on. But today we had three matches, one of superb quality, two, well, the quality wasn't up to the highest of standards, uh, but by God was there drama. Uh, just start off with the start of the day, if you can even remember that far back now, it seemed forever ago, Uruguay won, Egypt nil, a 90th minute uh, thumping header from uh, Jimenez at the back. Uh, it, was, it, it wasn't even really a, a great match. Egypt were, they they were pretty happy to take a draw, take a nil-nil. A draw would have been a good result for them because Uruguay are expected, were expected to win this match. And I think Egypt's legs just kind of lost on them. Uh, the A theme of this World Cup has been... There are a couple of themes emerging from the first four matches. One, the pitches are very dry, uh, and it's not helping uh, the quality of the matches because, well, when, like with Iran, Morocco, it's like those teams weren't playing well as it was. And they weren't playing that well as it was. And having such a dry pitch doesn't help. Uh, and another theme, late winners. There was a late winner as well in the Iran-Morocco match and a late equaliser in the Portugal-Spain match. Uh, but the, to wrap up on Egypt, uh, Egypt-Uruguay, I think Egypt, uh, they play Russia on Monday. A huge, or is it Tuesday? The, 7th, the 19th? I think the 19th is Tuesday. They, that, that match is huge. That match... Uh, whoever wins that match basically goes through and Russia have the advantage of already having banked a 5-0 win so that's a huge bonus for goal difference because if that if that match finishes a draw then it could very easily come down to whoever beats Saudi Arabia by the most because I would expect Uruguay Europe, maybe Uruguay will you know, you'd expect them to beat uh, Saudi Arabia pretty easily and then they might rest players against Russia and that might also be to Russia's advantage so must win for Egypt, and the only way they win is if they play Mo Salah. They, they absolutely have to play Mo Salah. Uh, without without Salah, uh, that's probably them out of the World Cup. And then Iran, Morocco, Morocco are out of the World Cup. That's you know it's it's harsh. It's only they've only played one game. You should never really be out of the competition if you play one game, unless you are as bad as Saudi Arabia, in which case it's easy to just write them off. But it's such a cruel way to go. They started very well. They they created a couple chances that looked like they were going to get something, uh, but they kind of petered out. The second half was the second half was dreadful. Just like I kind of stopped paying attention because it was just barely two minutes would go by without someone going on the ground. It was really frustrating to watch, and it wasn't helped by the referee. So many injuries or you know just little niggles to players that caused them to want to go down and stay down. Uh, and it seems like players are getting tired after 80 minutes as well. We've seen a few uh, people crop up. Uh, but, yeah, as I said, Morocco out of the World Cup now with that because, you know, they have to play Portugal and Spain next. Like, that's not an easy task. If they get out of this group, then it, it, it's an absolute miracle. Iran now giving themselves a footing. They've done the best that they can do. Uh, 1-0, they really need to win. They look very solid defensively. 
which you'd expect from Carlos Queiroz. Uh, the manager, they come up against Portugal next, and that do they come up against Portugal next? No, they come up against Spain next. I was I was completely wrong. Uh, just checking the wall chart there. You know the wall wall chart is very important. I I really hope you uh, everyone listening has got a wall chart. You know it is. You know you got to have one for the World Cup. But Iran against Spain. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how Spain react from their result uh, this evening, because you know every I talked about it on yesterday's show that everything going on around the the squad, uh, Julian Lopetegui getting sacked, Fernando Hierro coming in, uh, you know, very easy to see how the cracks could form and a rift could could tear this team apart, and we don't really know what tonight's result will do to this squad because. They finished a three-all match with uh, Portugal, their rivals Portugal. And if you have not seen this match, look up this match. You could even reasonably watch back the whole 90 minutes and it would be very enjoyable if if you have the time. Obviously, highlights highlights will definitely suffice. It was absolutely, absolutely classic. Like, no one was expecting a three-all draw from these two teams. Like, oh my God, it had everything. I'm just going to gush now. Like it had It had everything. Ronaldo... Ronaldo got a hat-trick. Oh, my God. He got a hat-trick. Scored his first free kick in the World Cup after... Uh, that was his 48th attempt. He'd had a chance in the first half from a free kick, and he was not from a goal-scoring position. And I just remember thinking to myself, oh, my God, he's not going to let this go. But then when he sets himself up for the the one that he eventually scores, you just know. Like, he, he knows he's scoring, and it is absolutely incredible. It's a testament to uh, his... The way he backs himself. Normally, you like there's a fine line between uh, arrogance and confidence, but Ronaldo's confident. Like he, he can back it up, and he did so on the world's biggest stage right there and then. Like that was absolutely incredible. But that's the end of the match. He started the match. He won the penalty. He scored the penalty against David Gea, uh, and then uh, Diego Costa would get one back. That, we've had our first instance of VAR now. Uh, I think I believe that went to VAR review, and they found it was fine. And I, I think the only reason people people seem to agree that I wasn't a foul is because it's Pepe. Um, you know, Pepe is such a, an unlikable footballer, but he seems like such a nice guy off the pitch. I, I remember uh, the Guardian did a profile on him a few years ago. Maybe it was actually at the last World Cup. Maybe it was at the Euros. And he just seemed like a really down-to-earth, approachable guy. But when he's on a football pitch, he, he is the scum of the earth to everyone else. And I feel kind of bad for Pepe. I, I, I don't think it was a foul, though. I think the... It was a superb goal from Diego Costa. There's an image out there already of him absolutely schooling five Portuguese defenders. And is it a World Cup if we don't have someone schooling five defenders on another team? There's the famous goal with the Diego Maradona, and is it the Belgian five Belgian defenders lined up? Uh, there's several other instances of it. I'm sure there's pictures of it with Messi as well, uh, and even Ronaldo. But there's we've got a we've got a new addition to the collection with. Diego Costa today, he... but then De Gea, he is human, or at least the Spanish part of him is human, because an absolute blunder on that second goal. He, if you if you ever watch him for even just a few matches at Manchester United, you would not believe that he could make that mistake. But that's such a, a stupid mistake for someone of his standards to make. Like when Rob Green made that exact mistake in 2010, you're kind of thinking, now, well, you know, that's what England kind of get for picking Rob Green. But, you know, Spain, they've picked David De Gea because he's the best goalkeeper in the Premier League by far. Like this, I know um, 
Andrew uh, Andrew messaged me and um, during the match and was like, oh yeah, knew he had that mistake in him. But like, yeah, he does seem to have that kind of mistake in him for Spain. And it's a curious case as to why that is because, as I said, he's absolutely fantastic for Man United. You know, mistakes are very few and far between, you know. He is human. Uh, he does make mistakes for Manchester United, but when you consider how many absolutely amazing saves he pulls off, he does look superhuman at times. Uh, so it is weird to see. It's a bit like when Messi misses a penalty, which, you know, he does a lot. That, uh, you know, he, there's always that reaction of like, oh, Messi's human. Uh, and maybe, you know, because Ronaldo did score that free kick, maybe he isn't human. Uh, uh, but as I said, Ronaldo got a hat-trick. The second goal, that was the second goal. But then uh, Spain came out flying at the start of the second half. They equalised because of Diego Costa, which, you know, it was weird. They scored two two goals via Route 1 football, which was the complete opposite of everything they'd done besides that, two, those two attacks. They, they they played beautiful, passing Spanish football that we've come to really know and love over the last 10 years uh, since they won the Euros in 2008. This was... It, it, it looked like Spain of yesteryear, you know, because they did have, they have had a few years now, like they got knocked down in the group stages at the last World Cup, so they have had a bit of a, a rough patch there, but this looked like Spain were in fine form, and then uh, Nacho, who uh, is covering for Danny Carvajal at right back, because Carvajal is still injured from the Champions League final, but what a way to step up, and what a way to score your first goal for your nation, like that is, what an absolutely sensational goal, like it will take a lot... I actually said this uh, at the time to Andrew and a few other people that uh, it will take a lot for that goal to be beat for um, goal of the tournament because it's just the perfect goal. It's got the perfect swerve. It's got the perfect, like, it, like there's a great image of it from uh, behind Nacho himself. And uh, it hit both posts. Like, every goal where the ball hits both posts is the perfect goal. But uh, Ronaldo's free kick, as I mentioned, the 87 minute, like, the... There was a test of character on Ronaldo there as well, and he passed the flying colours. Of course, there was a test of character with the Spanish team. They only kind of just passed, because like when they go down after five minutes, like you're thinking things could go very, very wrong here. And uh, Guedes as well, uh, up front for Portugal, who I understand has played well for Valencia over the last 12 months, but maybe he cost Portugal a little bit today and that might be a bit harsh because he is young uh, this is his first match at, uh, at the World Cup possibly even a major tournament and like he just felt like he was afraid to make a decision in case Ronaldo will give out to him but you know as I mentioned that is his first match and it's a bit hard to be thrown like he's being thrown at the deep end as well because it is against Spain he could have put Spain 2-0 or he could have put Portugal 2-0 up but right, be right before Diego Costa scored as well but I think both teams will be relatively happy having drawn this match because it sets them up. Both team can both team can look at this match and go, all right, all right, top is ours, first place is ours. We can get first. Just win our two games, do our own thing, and maybe the other team will mess up. Uh, whereas I think if either team had lost today, Iran would be smelling blood. Iran would be thinking, all right, we've got them. We've got them right where we want them. We've already got a bit of a cushion ahead of them. A draw against them will do. A draw against them and we're fine. But now, Iran are probably still thinking a draw against them will do. Like, it is a bit weird that Iran is of this group now. Uh, whereas in Group A, Russia, Uruguay, uh, Parity at the top, Egypt, Saudi Arabia. Like that, you, you kind of see where the chips are going to fall in Group A. Whereas in Group B, you, it's easy to make the assumption that Spain and Portugal go through. But uh, Iran, they're so solid defensively. They might have a, another thing or two to say about that. 
Uh, but it has been an absolutely sensational start to this competition. We've had everything but a red card, I think. Uh, I've got a, a, on my checklist, we've got a hat-trick, we've got a last-minute winner, we've got an own goal, we've got a penalty, we've got a goalkeeping blunder, we've got a use of VAR. Uh, I think I think that's everything. We, we've got a, a couple injuries, we've gotten... We've gotten everything that I can think of. We've got a we've got a few immaculate saves. Uh, El Shawani of Egypt made a fantastic save on an Edison Cavani uh, strike, and I didn't even mention how poor Luis Suarez was today. He was just so off the pace. Uh, so that's another thing to keep keep an eye on because you know go, just to go back to Uruguay, but uh, there was a lot made of their midfield and oh you know they can they can pass the ball now and they're not a traditional Uruguay midfield where they will just kick you, but they really didn't show that today like. Oh, I'm not going to say they were awful, but they were definitely poor. And uh, I think that they came up against a, a defense that just parked the bus, and they weren't really sure what to do. And you know, set pieces, Uruguay, a Uruguay classic. Um, but on the other on the other hand, it's going to be hard to score against this Uruguay side. Like uh, you know, the dry pitch did kind of help them in that sense because there were a few counterattacks. Trezeguet of uh, of Egypt. Will, Seemed like he was throwing goal a couple of times, but the ball just got caught in the grass, stuck behind him, and it was very easy for the Uruguayans to just... Uruguayan defenders, the Atletico pair of centre-backs, Jimenez, as I mentioned, the goal scorer, and also Captain Diego Godin. It's pretty easy for them to, to get back. They're pretty well drilled on, on that kind of stuff, so it is definitely going to be very hard to score against Uruguay, which is a huge advantage for them in a knockout, uh, knockout tournament, because if you can't score against someone, you know, all it takes is just one attack for Uruguay to one counterattack for Uruguay and they're through like you know it's uh, they're definitely a dark horse contender and uh, despite a, a poor performance they got the result and in the group stages that's what matters in the knockout stages that's what's going to matter it's not going to matter how well they played Portugal the epitome of that in 2016 they never played well but they got the results and they won so maybe we could see a similar performance from uh, Uruguay maybe we could see a similar performance from Portugal although Pretty hard to say they've not performed after today's performance. You know, they 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 did their job pretty well. They you know for a team that conceded three goals, they're still they still did okay defensively against a very good, very attacking Spain side. Uh, it's finally poised now. Group stage is very nice to have everything off to a good start tomorrow. Big day. Uh, I'm not sure how the daily diaries is going to work tomorrow. I'm not sure if I will have an episode tomorrow. Maybe Andrew will have an episode. I don't know. Um, Expect one, uh, you know, maybe, maybe no, expect one if you see one, you know, that kind of thing. But I will hopefully definitely be back on Sunday. If I, if there is no episode tomorrow, we will talk about tomorrow's football on Sunday as well as what's happened on Sunday. It might even, the episode might even go up Sunday morning. Uh, I don't know yet. Um, no plan at all, really. Uh, you know, taking the World Cup uh, day by day. <laughs> but we do tomorrow have, of course, France-Australia to open open the show at 11 o'clock. We've got a big day tomorrow. Uh, we've also got uh, Argentina-Iceland. and <laughs> Who doesn't want to see the plucky underdogs take on uh, uh, Iceland tomorrow? And uh, we've also got um, Peru against Denmark. That'll be interesting. Irish Eye will be keen to see how Denmark do, obviously, because they qualified ahead of Ireland. And then to close of the day, Croatia against Nigeria, which, you know, that could be quite tasty. So, uh, you know, if you have any thoughts on today's action or what you think will happen throughout the rest of the World Cup, or even if you've had a, a, a favorite mention, a favorite moment so far that has uh, gone kind of under the radar, don't be afraid to uh, email us at thetfpod at gmail.com. You can follow us at TotalFootballPod on Instagram, at thetfpod on uh, Twitter. 
And uh, that just leaves me to say thank you for listening and hopefully we'll be back tomorrow, if not on Sunday.